the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate professionals just like you, where we explain that everything you've been taught by the real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots, lots more money in way, way less time by doing the exact opposite. And I am joined today by my guest host, Raymond Petrick, who hails from Elwood, Illinois. Isn't that correct, Raymond? That's correct, Bob. And we'll count that as Naperville-ish, right? I would say, yeah, Naperville, Plainfield, that area, Joliet. Okay. So uh, the greater Joliet Metroplex, as I like to call it. There you go. And they're famous for their prison, aren't they? (laughs) That's what they like to say. Now it's trucking. Oh, trucking? Okay. so But you can still play a Johnny Cash album either way. Either way. All right. Well, Raymond... uh, you're kind of new to fearless agent coaching, and we had a, a short conversation this morning uh, while I was on my way into Randy's Diner for a delicious and healthy breakfast. Um, but you had mentioned uh, that you had a listing, and we're not going to name any names, but you have a listing that is uh, built in what year was it built? Uh, the one that was out in the boonies? Around 2000. 2006, 2000, somewhere around there. 2006-ish. And uh, now it is worth less than uh, what he paid for it, if I if I think if I get the story straight, wasn't it? Correct. Correct. Uh-huh. And then we talked a little bit about, and how much was it? You've listed it for how much? Uh 375 originally, and okay. I've just dropped the price at 365 and still no showing. Okay, so I'm going to do a little lesson on that for those of, of, that are not fearless agent coaching students. So in that price range, no one ever searches at a price in between. The way, the way realtors search is they, they say, here's what I want for my buyer client, and I'm searching below 375, or I'm searching below 400, or I'm searching below 350. Uh, But no one in the history of real estate has ever searched 365 and below. So when you're priced at 365, you're actually giving away um, $10,000 of your client's money, and you're not getting any new buyers for it. So if if you were to just draw uh, a horizontal line across uh, across the piece of paper, everybody should do this. For those of you Plain at home, the home version of the Hollywood Squares or Fearless Agent Coaching, as we like to call it. Just draw a horizontal line and then do some little hash marks, uh, verticals, going and put 375 in the middle. So then below that, put 350, and below that, put 325, and then above it, put three, uh, uh, 400, excuse me, and then 425 above that. Okay. 
so that's kind of the way people search. So right now, you're priced at three seventy five, even though you're asking three sixty five. If you understand that, Correct. right? So, and you're getting how many showings a week? None. Okay. So between <laughs> between three fifty and three seventy five. So if you were asking three fifty one, you would be getting the same zero showings, and then correct. If you were if you were to uh, price it at three twenty four or three forty nine nine, you would have a whole new group of people that you would be visible to that you're currently invisible to. And That's my correct. guess is you're not even in the ballpark on that price, but you maybe you would get three, and then it and then at three twenty four nine maybe you would get you know one showing a day. So here's the the moral to the story. People talk about fair market value like they know what it is, and they're always basing it on comps. So if I ask a typical realtor, you know, uh, what do you think fair market value is for your listing? They would say, well, I've got comps, and I say, well, here's, here's the definition of fair market value. You're in the MLS, active. There's, it's on lockbox. There's no angry tenant, no Doberman scaring people away. I can show it anytime I want, in other words. And you're getting one showing a day. So I did this with you, but if you're getting th- only three showings a week on your listing, could you ever argue that it's not overpriced? And the answer is no. Uh, in fact, we would argue that it is overpriced. Not a lot, but a little. And if you're getting three showings a day on your listing, we could argue that it's underpriced. Not a lot, Correct. but a little. So one showing a day is in between that, and it has been my experience. And, you know, I'm so old that I started with a company called Century 19. Did you know that? <laughs> That's how old I am. <clears throat> like when other, well, you know, when you were a kid, you were playing with Lincoln logs. I was playing with Lincoln. You know, that's how bad it is. So, um, but I, but it, it is my experience that if you're getting, if you have a listing in any market, in any price range, in any town, and you're getting one showing a day, assuming that the market is not plummeting, then you're going right. to wait no less than 30 days and it will sell at that price. But the goal for me would be to sell my house for more than it's worth or my listing. So, right. uh, so and in, in you ascertained um, that you think it is your opinion that 325 would get you one showing a day. For sure. And then I asked you, would your seller sell it for 325? And you said, maybe not. Correct. So he's the guy that <laughs> if I say, hey, I'll give you exactly what your house that is for sale, by the way. There is a sign in the yard. If I give you exactly what it's worth, he might actually say no to that. That's correct. Which is proof of what? Insanity, perhaps? Yeah, that's what that is. Okay. I'm not a shrink, but I know crazy when I see it. I think that's probably crazy. Well, they don't want to face reality then. Well, here's reality for him. So it's an investment property. He's not living in it. And you said he did live in it when he bought it, right? Correct. Okay. So it was his personal residence. Then he turned it into a rental, which is normally a horrible idea. But when it's going down in value, it wouldn't matter. But right. he, because he, uh, there will be no tax implications, because you'd have to have a gain to have capital gains. He will never have that in 10 lifetimes. Right. So right. because it is out on the outskirts of town, 
um, you and I and he, and we're all about the same age, uh, very youthful and good-looking, 60-ish is what I'm talking about. Uh, we will not live long enough to see that property double in value. So that makes it the worst investment possible. So he should get out from under the debt on that, which is what he's got. And you you could sell it perhaps for 350 but you're not going to oh, do it by I, asking 325 which is what it's worth. It's certainly not going to do it by asking 365 which is way more than it's worth. Correct. Yeah. So the little It'll probably have to be priced in that three twenty five range, I think, to get it. Yeah, there's a difficult conversation that needs to be had with a guy like him, and it goes like this: Whoever sold you that house should be in prison for both malpractice and stupidity, because in in the universe of bad real estate investments that are single family homes, which are the best of all the real estate investments. That is the worst. It will continue to go down in value. But even in a great market where other things are shooting up in value, it will go down. So, And I used an example of um, your house was built in 1995, right? Correct. So it's closer to town than his. Right. And then if you go even closer to town, and I mean any town, uh, you would find 1960s houses that were, uh, you know, three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,500-square-foot on little tiny lots, tract homes. And you told me they are selling for about 300 Correct. Now, his house is how yeah, many as square you, feet? As you, get closer to the, as you get closer to the city, they're always going to bring more money. Right. Not only that, they're, but they're yeah. going to be older, smaller, crappier, and more expensive. So you right. get way less for your money when you're in that 1960s neighborhood. People will sure. pay extra to put up with all that because they don't want to drive a million miles for work. And how many square feet is his house, Bilton? Um, it's 3,400 square feet. Right. So it's worth 325. It's 3,400 square feet. And those 1,500 square feet homes are selling for about the same amount of money. That's correct. And they're old and stinky and crappy, like my house, by the way. Right. I cornered right, the market on old and stinky and crappy, and I have a dog making it worse every day, by the way. So that's the uh, moral of that story. So so the if you look at those 1960s houses, they, were tw- they cost $20,000 when they were brand new, I happen to know, okay? And, and now they've doubled and, and gone to 40. Then they doubled again and went to 80. They doubled again and went to 160. And then they doubled again, and now they're at 320. So they've doubled in value all those times, and it's because they're not way out in the middle of the boonies. So when you're, when you're an investor, the only thing you care about is rate of return. And real estate is about getting rich because you can rent a place to live. Now, the guy that is renting his place is smart because if he had bought it, He'd be broke for the rest of his life, like your guy's going to be if he doesn't sell this thing quick. Okay, so the right, tenant he's a great deal on the rent too. Yeah, so you need to explain that when somebody is buried in something that's just a disaster. The 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 uh, you know I had a uh, stockbroker client one time, and I don't know nothing about the stock market. I know about real estate, but uh, I said you know I'll bet in your stock broker in business that 
all successful investors have one thing in common. And uh, he goes, that's exactly right. And I said, well, what is it? And he goes, when a stock starts going down, they don't ride it into the toilet. They sell it. And that's... Cut your loss. Yeah, cut your loss and get out. So uh, yeah. that... And, and, and it... In real estate, there are no short-term trends. There are years and years of appreciation, and then you have years and years of it going down. So, so that and like this house is an, as a case study. So, yeah, the market came back from the crash, but this home never came back to what its value was back. Well, he then. didn't. He didn't buy it after it crashed. He bought it right before it crashed. Correct. He bought but it at a hyped-up valuation realize. that it never right. was worth. Right. That was never true. And there's many homes out there. And then also you have people that went and tapped into their equity while that was all going on. And so they're even more upside down. You think, how can they still owe as much as they owe on a home that they've owned for the last 15 or 20 years? And that's how that Right. That's a, that's a good point. The guy who taps into his equity, what he's doing. So he refinances cash out of uh, his house. And then he goes and buys a uh, classic Corvette, like the one you texted me a photo of. Right. 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 So then he expects the buyer, because the, you know, the buyer is going to pay not only for his house but his classic Corvette too. Because I have no equity in my house, so I have to sell it for more than it's worth. Because I need the buyer to pay for my Corvette and my house. Right? Is that the way that works? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So a real seller is somebody who is nice, sane and smart, uh, it'd be great if they had a ton of equity to pay you with, which this guy does not, and they're very serious about selling their house right now at fair market value. Now, you can turn this guy, who I would call a gambler, into a seller by explaining to him what a disaster it is to own that house. So these are the difficult conversations that we have to have with people. And by the way, for those of you who are listening in, and thank you, you know, Raymond, for um, helping us today. And we're going to do, do some more uh, talking about another thing that you, you are involved in that's a good lesson for everybody. But if anybody, if any of this makes sense to any of you out there and you're earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help, if you would like to learn more, you can always call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That is my cell phone number. And let's just see if you and, you know, what you're trying to do and what we do here at Fearless Agent Coaching, if it would be a good fit. If it is, uh, you're going to get rich. If you're like Raymond, and you and Raymond is the kind of guy who is just going to do what I tell him to do, he's not going to get creative. Uh, and I love talking to realtors. I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to ever think they're bothering me. Don't email me. Don't text me because there is no such thing as emailing or texting in sales. Unless it's a picture of a classic Corvette. That's different, right? Um, but always call me, 480-385-8810. And if you can't afford our coaching but you wish you could, go to fearlessagent.com. Watch our free webinar. Is that how you found me, by the way? Um, Did you do that? Watch the webinar somewhere online. Yeah, somewhere online. If you go to somewhereonline.com, you'll find me. I'm right there. (laughs) I want to tell you something though, and and I'm I'm just going to plug you. Is I've never had a coach like an actual coach, coach, and I did start cold calling this last year, Mm -hmm. and I called. uh, I did like I closed ten fizbos that I got uh, starting in like June of last Mm -hmm. year, and then I I started getting. I tried. expired here in the wintertime. And I said, I got to get better at this. I got to get 
a good listing. <laughs> right. Expireds are always yeah. good in the winter. It's a seasonal thing. But, right. Yeah. That's right. But anyways, I started getting them, and, and that's why I signed up with you. I want to know everything that you said makes sense, and I'm like, i got to do this. So that's why. I need you to tell that to my wife because she thinks quite the opposite, actually. Nothing I say makes <laughs> sense to her. And uh, that's, that's the right. foundation of any successful marriage, I think. <laughs> For sure. <clears throat> that, and I'll give you another tip on marriage. Uh, if you say these words <laughs> over and over and over, you're right, I'm sorry, what was I thinking? Those Just repeat that <laughs> over and over. It could never hurt you. Um, so anyway, let's go back to... Uh, uh, and by the way, for those of you who go to fearlessagent.com and watch the webinar, you know, you can take notes. You can go to the video training page. My guarantee to you is those free videos would be way better coaching for free than you would pay any other coach any amount of money for. And uh, so now... The other you you had mentioned another house and I forgot the story. What was the story? Uh, with the appraisal. Uh, yes, that was the one. Yeah, so I have one right now that um, actually in a similar area. I'm out in the boonies sometimes, mm-hmm. and it underappraised by um, thirty thousand dollars. Okay, and what and, was the asking uh, price? It, Let's start with asking price. Uh, well, I had it overpriced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to stop doing that. That's all right. But what was it? Five five zero. And how many? Five hundred. Oh, not five fifty. Five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So asking price was five hundred. And how many showings did you get a week at that price? Um, as soon as I lowered that, I got like a, like uh, I would say two to three showings in a week. Okay. Well, and, that would tell me that it's probably worth four seventy five. Do you think I might be right? Well, we actually had got two offers on that, it. We that does a, not matter. Offer. Offers yeah. are not a a measure of what something is worth. The number okay. of showings get, a week. Yeah. So it, uh, I'm thinking if you were getting three showings a week at $500, you are overpriced a little bit, not a ton. And that if you were at $475, you would, I would predict that you would get one showing a day. Do you think I might be right about that? Mm, I don't know about maybe close. We're, it's pretty far out, so. But well, anyway, you, again, um, you were getting three showings a week, which is not nothing, at 500 and it was still pretty far right. out, right? Right, right. <laughs> like so, we used to say in the old days, far out, dude. That's yeah. far out, man. But, yeah, so then I immediately got offers, though, as soon as I, you know, mm-hmm. within the two weeks of... of, of yeah, but I don't want to talk about that yet, because I want to focus okay. on, on the people that are listening. Not you. We're just here alone. This is fun. Um, but... Do you think at four seventy five, had you not gotten any offers, let's forget the offers. Do you think you would have gotten one showing a day, or more or less? I'd have probably had to get down to four fifty to get one a day. Okay, on that price point. All right. So I think four seventy five. You think four fifty. We're not going to fight about it. Okay. 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 All right. So you got multiple offers at four seventy five. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And then what happened? How much well, did they, how much did you settle on? You agreed at a price. Well, what was it? Uh, four seventy. But the first uh, buyer backed out, and then I immediately got another buyer um, a week later at the same price. And then we ran into appraisal issues. Okay, um, and then the appraisal came in at what price? Uh, four forty. Okay, so here's a lesson for everybody out there. No fearless agent. I want to make sure you understand me. So. Feel free to not get offended right away, okay? But no fearless agent would ever allow their seller to sell to an FHA or VA buyer, 
Let that sink in for a minute. Because the appraisal will always come in low. So if the if the if let's say you had a standard, I'm only going to sell my listing or my own house to somebody who has 40% down or more to put down, then I know the appraisal is not going to come. See, if you're putting 50% down on a house and you're getting a conventional loan, the appraiser doesn't even slow his car down. He just drives by, goes, oh, yeah, it's still built. Okay, good enough, because there's no risk in that. So the appraisal never right. comes in low. And if you had been patient, you know, you would have gotten a, a, a borrower with way more money down and then you wouldn't be having the problems you're having. So now the seller is faced with, I'm going to have to re- lower my asking price or sales price Correct. to 440 or the buyer has to come up with more money to close, which they may not be able to do. And then you start over right. the third time. So rather than being strike three and you're out on the third time, just make sure you're patient. Is by the way, does the seller have a big deadline that they have to get out of there? No. Okay. I do not. Then uh, be patient. So you can do two things in real estate when you have your house for sale. You can be patient, uh, or you can be realistic. But you can't be unrealistic and impatient. Those don't go together. So what I would do if it was my house. I would be, and you're asking how much right now? Four fifty? Uh, no, we're asking four ninety nine, five hundred thousand. No? You're asking four ninety nine. So, uh-huh. uh, and you're getting how many showings a week again? Three. Well, I was getting three when that when I got how many? How right? Now I'm not getting any showings now. I mean, well, no, because it's off the market. You're under right. contract. It's off the market. Yeah. Right. So if you're if you're at three showings at five hundred. Then I think four seventy five is probably fair market value, and if I asked four twenty five I would get one offer every single day if I asked uh three ninety nine I would get two offers every single day, wouldn't I oh yeah, okay here's a rule of thumb this will never this will never not be true. The law of supply and demand will never ever let you down. It is like the law of gravity. You can jump off a building as many times as you want, but there will never be a time when you fall up. Wouldn't you agree? For sure. In Chicago, they have that wind all the time. That could blow you up temporarily, but you'll fall down sooner or later. So That's right. the, the reality is there's no way you could have dramatically increased number of offers on a property, and that would pro- cause the market value of it to go down. It will go up. You no. will actually sell it for more than it is actually worth by doing that. Correct. So that would be a smart thing. If it was, if I was your seller, I would be begging you to to list it at three ninety nine. Your seller might not be begging you to do that, but no. <laughs> if I explained it to him, he would. Well, that's why I'm taking the fearless agent. Yep. I don't know how to explain it to him. <laughs> now, while we got you. Uh, what other issues are going on in your uh, real estate career that you think I might be able to help you with? And, and I probably can. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about moving and relocating. And I would, my question was, how quickly could I adapt to that marketplace? And, you know what? And, and just, it's funny. Next week's podcast, I'm going to be interviewing a guy who did that. But I'll give you a little okay. teaser. Um, he um, He changed marketplaces. Now, it was only two hours away um, 
he moved from Phoenix to Flagstaff. Flagstaff, by the way, today is like Minnesota winter. I think they're having a ton of snow and, and uh, it's a, I think it's like seven degrees or something like that. Four degrees. I right. just looked it up. So, um, so he had to start over. And uh, okay. he originally thought, I'm going to do business in my old marketplace, which is Phoenix, and just commute two hours to each listing appointment, which would be a four-hour round trip. But for money, you know, we'll do that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, but it turned out that he, he switched and then started started uh, doing Flagstaff only primarily now, I think. And uh, th- things have you. turned out better. So um, when, you, when you do move, if you've built up your business in the town you're in, Naperville-ish, Joliet-ish, uh, you can refer those. You could keep prospecting there and refer those to another agent. Right. Well, maybe sell them on being fearless agent coaching. That was self-serving. Did I just right. say that out loud? Right. No, it's a shameless plug. Right. But <laughs> but it would help you. I mean, they'd get every listing and get it at full commission and, and uh, pay you a referral fee. So so the guy in, right. uh, in Flagstaff, he did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be something. So when you're, when you're brand new in a market, uh, there's a couple things going on. One of them is you don't know your way around. Like you do right. in the old town, so that's that's what GPS is for. Thank, thank thank you, little baby Jesus, for that great invention. Then there's, but every town has this. Okay, so when you, what's the new town you may go to? Um, Huntersville, uh, North Carolina. Okay, so and and that's a Charlotte suburb, right? Uh, yeah, it's north about fifteen twenty minutes. Okay, so every town has the good side of town and the hood side of town. You might have noticed. So when you focus on telephone prospecting or door knocking or open houses or whatever you're going to do to generate business, then you want to focus on the older neighborhoods because they have equity to pay you with on the good side of town because the good side of town goes up in value when the bad side of town is going down. And your and your average sales price would be higher too, so there's that. Um there's certain things that never have any equity. One is condos. The other is multifamily and luxury. Those three things never seem to go up in value, and they go down in value rapidly. They're the first thing to go down rapidly in a bad market, and they're the last thing to come up. So if you avoid luxury, multifamily, and condos and focus on single-family homes – and and the oh I'm, I left one out the outskirts of town we just talked about that so anything newer than certainly anything built after the year two thousand is way too new like your house is starting to uh, I I wonder if you know your house was built in ninety five I think you said is that true yeah I, I I have my doubts about that having doubled in value by now since it was built do no, you think it, it has no yeah. well no. then that th- it, you need the whole area to have doubled in value since it was built. So you might go to 1980s and older. Now, in Charlotte, that might be different. I think it would be because the taxes are lower. In towns where they have very high property taxes, things don't double in value because that's a downward pressure on appreciation. So so that's kind of the the model is when you're looking for appreciation, you know, go to the older, the good side of town, older neighborhoods, they have older people with equity, 
and uh, single-family homes only for your targets. And my thought, too, and and if and when I do move, is also not that I'm not focused, but I think you would even be more focused because it would be like you're burning the bridges and you got to just zone in on what you're doing and you'd mm-hmm. even be more focused in getting new business. Yeah. It would be no different than if you were – how long have you been in real estate? Uh, full-time five years, but I have – I've been in – I was in it for actually 20 years, but – um but I actually got out of it for a while. Back well, when you, it would be like that. When you got out of it and then yeah. got back in, you had to kind of start over. Yeah. So it would be no Yeah, I did, over, I did over 100,000 GCI my first year back. So, I mean, I okay. just jumped in. Yeah, yeah so it's not going to be uh, – and that is a testament to your hard work. Thank you. Yeah. So you And you knew what to do because you did have years of experience, so it wasn't like – it really wasn't like you were brand new. But you did have to start over. No. So you won't be right. brand new when you go to Charlotte, but you will have to start over. But you do know what to do. And then if you don't, you can call me. I'll tell you what to do. So that's right. makes it easy. That's right. All right. Well, hey, Raymond, I want to thank you very much for uh, participating in the Fearless Agent podcast. By the way, if any of you would like to send your referral to Raymond Petrick, I do recommend that. He will do a fantastic job for you in uh, Elwood, Illinois. Uh, Naperville, Joliet, or any of those other towns that he mentioned. And you can call him toll-free day or night at 815-462-4971. You can call Raymond, and he will uh, gladly accept your referrals. And thanks again for joining me, Raymond. I had a great time. And uh, once again, we want to thank all of you for joining us today. So please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can call me directly at 480-385-8810. Please, if you have any friends that have not subscribed to our podcast, recommend it to them. Give us a review. Please give us the five-star review. We're not looking for the lower reviews. We want that. Visit us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, your local auto dealership, Starbucks, the dry cleaners, wherever I show up in town. I'm all over the place. Until next week, always do what every fearless agent does. They always have fun because if it isn't fun, we're not doing it. Always be humble. And most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.